You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel. Apostle Goodheart, Obi Ekweme. Our Father and our God, we lift our hearts and our voices to bless you for the opportunity again to come into your holy presence. Thank you for the assurance of coming boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy, find grace and help in the time of need. I beseech you again to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven place upon my lips that this day I'll come to your people with a thus said the Lord. Move every man, every woman, every boy, every girl from where we are to where you reserve for us in the place called destiny. We vow to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we are praying. Somebody shout a big, big amen. Whilst you're standing very quickly, turn together with me to Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8. I greet every one of you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19, as we go to the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Are you there? Shout hallelujah. Acts chapter number 1, verse 8. And turn together with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Hallelujah. Let's read together as a happy family. Acts 1 8, 1 to 3 go. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Once again, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Glory to God. Second Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. Let's read boldly, courageously, is the word of life. It contains life. One, two, three, go. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing the sins that trespass unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation for an assignment, becoming a living witness for Jesus, part number three. Father, thank you. Your word is blessed and we thank you for the teaching and the preaching of the same word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be sitting in God's wonderful presence. Reach out your neighbor and tell him it's time to become a living witness for Jesus. Hallelujah. For those who have been tracking what the Lord has been doing and saying amidst us for the past few days, it is very, very clear that the Lord is realigning our heart as a family back to what the heaven is saying and doing for such a time as this. I believe the primary agenda 
of God for the church, not only, but the primary agenda of the church, of God for the church, is to witness to a dying and a hurting world. There are many things that are important, but there are things that are more important than other things. And I believe from scripture, the most important thing for the church, as far as the agenda of God is concerned, is to be a living witness to a hurting and a dying world. Jesus, in this last few days upon the face of the earth, left us, us being the church, the entire body of Christ, what has come to be known as the Great Commission, to go into the entire world and proclaim the glorious gospel, not stopping there, but to make disciples of all nations. That means the twofold mandate of the church is to witness, is to evangelize, but also to disciple the nations. We need to understand that the very intention and desire of God is for all men to be saved. The Bible declares in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He's not slack as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing, not willing, not willing that any, not even what, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is the desire, this is the heartbeat of Almighty God, that everybody who is ever born in the world will receive the gospel, receive the good news, and will experience a Christful eternity. A Christless eternity is a most miserable place for anybody to go to at all. So the Bible declares, what will it profit a man to gain the entirety of the world and lose his soul? What will it profit a man to gain the entirety of the world and lose his soul? Which means by indication, the entirety of the world is nothing to be compared as the value of one's soul. No matter how much you measure the world, whether in gold, in diamond, in all wells, in any kind of valuables. Listen, there is nothing as compared as the value of one soul. Now, there is no difference between the soul of the rich, the poor, the high, the mighty. No, all souls carry the same value as far as God is concerned. So the Bible declares in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, not the church, not the rich, not the poor, not the lowly, not the high, place. No, sir. For God so loved the entire world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will believe in that Lord will have salvation and have eternal life. Beloved, Jesus came for the entire world, not the church. Praise the Lord, somebody. Come on, somebody shout a big amen. Now, the Father has paid the price. He sold one Jesus that he can reap many, many other Jesus on the earth. But the truth be told is that in a sense, in a way, the Godhead depends on the church, the body of Christ, to be a witness of what the Father has done through the Son by the power of the Holy Ghost. That essentially is what is called the good news. So the Father has sent his Son by the power of the Holy Ghost. He took on sinful flesh in the womb of one Mary. He died, went to Sheol for three days and three nights. He rose triumphantly and by sowing one Jesus, he is now qualified to reap multiple millions and billions of Jesuses who will come 
to accept the full price he paid. But there is a gap somewhere. God cannot preach. Excuse me. I don't want to go far. But God will not preach because it's not in the place of the Godhead to proclaim the gospel. No, sir. He may send an angel to a man, but ultimately a man must proclaim the good news. Hello, somebody. Somebody, somewhere, must tell somebody else about what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, what he did for mankind in hell, and what he is doing right now, seated on the right hand of the Father. So as almighty as God is, as powerful as God is, beloved, heaven has put something in you as members of the body of Christ that you've got to do something. What is that? To proclaim the good news. To be a living witness of what? What your father has done, not just for you, but for the entire. So there's a gap somewhere. God is trusting the church, the body of Christ, to do something for the entire Godhead. If you don't do it, nobody else will do it. Hello, somebody. That is a grave responsibility upon my shoulders, upon your shoulders as the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. We began to see in this series of being a living witness that God has designed you to be a living witness for him. You don't have to die to be a witness. I know other gods expect their people to die for them, but, but my God has died for me to live for him. Listen, in living for him, if need be, I need to die. That's a different thing, but essentially he called me to live for him. He called you to live for him as a living witness. Your walk ought to witness him. Your talk ought to witness him. Your stand on integrity and character, refusing to compromise, ought to witness him. When people are double dealing in the office, when you stand straight and true, that is a witness. When people are compromising in relationship, when you stand true to your own covenant partner, that is a witness. When you're not boxing yourself in your family and your neighbor has seen one sticker on the car, Jesus loves me, revival is here again, that ain't no witness. But when you live as Christ lived, you are a living witness. We began to see that before you proclaim the gospel, the first way you proclaim the gospel is by your conduct, by your character, by who you exemplify to be. You can't speak one thing and do one thing and expect somebody to believe you. We can't be like the Pharisees who were told, believe what we say, don't do what we do. No, sir. People must believe what you say and believe what you're doing. By their fruit, you shall know them. So one of the drawbacks of believers in witnessing today is that many lifestyles don't exemplify Christ enough to witness to others. So the first step is to live the life. We saw that we are made ambassadors of Christ. Do you know what it means to be an ambassador? It sent one from a nation to another nation. <laughs> Every ambassador understands what is called ambassadoral immunity. If you dare touch the ambassador of USA in Nigeria, the whole federal might of USA will come against you. Beloved, you are a sent one, not a went one. If you were a went one, there may be no guarantee of a backing. But because the force and the authority and the glory of heaven sent you, ain't nothing that has a number on you. 
He said, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every power of the devil and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. That power is not for your bedroom. That power is not for your house. No, that power is for those who are going. You find the power in the marketplace. You find the power in the hospital. You find the power in the streets. You find the power as one who is going, not sitting in the church. The real strength of the church is not measured on sitting capacity. You can brag that your church has thousands of attendees, but heaven is not bragging. Heaven is only bragging when there is sending capacity. I'm not impressed with numbers in church. I'm impressed with the disciples. How many are being made to look like and resemble Jesus amongst the thousands? For he said, in that day, many shall say to me, Lord, Lord, we wrought miracles in your name. We perhaps raise the dead. We preach. But he said, I will say to you, depart from me, you worker of wickedness. I know you not. No, it's not about numbers. It's about disciples. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a student. But a disciple is an imitator of the master. You must look like him. At Antioch, for the first time, the church was called Christians. Why? It was a mockery term because they behave like Christ. They walk like Christ. They talk like Christ. They love like Christ. They sacrifice like Christ. They preach like Christ. They were on fire like Christ. They called them Christians by way of mockery. Can people mock you enough to resemble Christ? You don't lie like Christ. You don't cheat like Christ. You don't fornicate like Christ. You don't commit adultery. Can they mock you enough that you're Christ? Witness. Living witness. The God of heaven is calling upon the earth for the church to rise up to be a living witness. Ambassadors of Christ. The Bible says to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their sins. The gospel is the good news. The gospel is not the bad news. The gospel is that good news that is so true that it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> so number one, we bear witness by our life. We've seen that in the first two parts. We saw what it means to be a living witness. You must have a personal encounter with Jesus. Number two, you must be empowered with might, with power of the Holy Ghost. Number three, we saw how to abide in that power you receive. Number four, we saw that you need to get involved in kingdom service. You need to be going. You need to be active. Then number five, we saw that you have to develop Christ-like character to actually resemble the Christ or to proclaim. But this morning, in the brevity of the moment, I want to share with you of what it means to proclaim the gospel. To preach the gospel. You can't preach a gospel you don't know about. You know, Kenneth Hagin of blessed memory said for 51 years, he, a, a man of God, I mean a man of God, a preacher, had preached and preached and preached, but 51 years, he wasn't born again. Can you imagine? A preacher not born again? There's a preacher, he's a preacher. But he said, when he shared the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus, the man of God said, wait a minute, now I realize I'm not really born again. And from that moment, after 51 years of preaching the gospel, he gave his life to Christ. That tells me, being in church does not guarantee that you are saved. More so, being in a good church like this, that is praised by God to steer revival in cities and nations, it doesn't make you a born again. 
Being in a garage doesn't make you automatically a car. There must be steps taken to receive Jesus. There must be light that comes your way. There must be revelation that comes your way. Then you respond to the light by saying, Jesus, take over my life. Morality is not tantamount to salvation. There are those who are going to go to hell because they are moral but not saved. Hello, somebody. So as I proclaim in a short while what the gospel is, I want you where you are to allow the Holy Ghost to examine your heart. I don't care how long you've been born again. And ask yourself, am I really, really born again? For many years in my life, I was baptized. I was confirmed. But I say humorously, I was confused. I did not know Jesus. Until some man called John Ennebaum, I can't forget him, walked up to me when I stepped into Amanda Bell University and shared with me the simplicity of the love of God and my heart opened up and from that point I knew I got it. I got it. I got it. The weight of sin on my shoulder was lifted. For days I would be in tears in my little room in Amanda Bay. I knew I got something I never had since I was born. Somebody you will know when you got it. If you haven't got it, you don't have it. If a preacher could preach for 51 years, not born again, it's not impossible. Deacon, his head of service, pastors, leaders, examine your heart to be sure you are in the faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can't preach whom you have not encountered. Oh, the disciples said, we speak of the things we have touched. The word of life, the things we have handled. We've had a first hand experience concerning the word of life. We know him. We've touched him. We've tasted him. We know him. We know that we're walking with him. We're not there yet, but we know we've left from where he took us from and we're on our way to there. The gospel. Gospel. The gospel. The gospel must be preached. For any man to believe and for any man to accept Jesus, it must be preached. Look at what the Bible declares. Ah, shakatabos. Romans 10, very quickly. Ah, yeah, yeah. Verse number 13. Romans 10, 13. I want to show you a progression. Somebody say progression. I didn't hear you say progression. Come on church, say progression. All right, Romans 10, 13, let's read together. 13 to 17, 1 to 3, go. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who have believed our report, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Beloved, there's a progression here. I want you to capture the progression. At the end of the progression is that Faith is needed for somebody to believe and for somebody to be born again. 
Am I correct now? Faith is needed for conversion. Somebody at least said that faith is the spiritual converter. It converts things from the realm of the spirit into the natural. So faith is a requirement for a soul to be saved or to be converted. Very important. That's the end of the progression. You take a step back of the progression. Faith can only come, listen, only come when the true gospel is preached. Religion cannot give faith, right? Uh, uh, men's ideas cannot give faith. Philosophy cannot give faith. Dogma, tradition cannot give faith. The only one thing that is a source of faith is the word of God, otherwise known as the good news. So whenever the word of God is preached, one indication that what you're hearing is not fable, not man's philosophy, not dogma, not tradition, is that faith is on the rise. Something rises up within you that reaches out to the possibility of what you're hearing. Why? Faith comes, Makatabat. I'm so grateful that faith comes. Hallelujah. That ought to make somebody take a running spell. That when you're in doubt, in fear, in worry, in anxiety, remember, faith comes. The point is, you have to know how faith comes, where faith comes. When you are in need of faith, plug your ear, not to fables, not to tradition, not to religion. Plug your ear to the word of grace, the word of faith that brings about Faith. Mm, nah, 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 nah. I'm preaching myself happy. Faith comes. It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If you're in doubt, I will ask you to what degree have you inclined your ear to the word of God? Because if you incline your ear to God's word, it's going to drive out fear. It's going to drive out anxiety. It's going to drive out worry. Why? Faith and fear are mutually exclusive. They can't dwell in the same heart. You need the faith of God to drive out worry, drive out fear, drive out depression, drive out anxiety, especially living in an environment like ours called Nigeria. You need high faith to live and not to survive, but to thrive. In a nation that people are falling down, cops here and there, baby, lady, Man of God, you need something beyond the normal. You need something beyond the news you hear from constant negative news. Call all the news you can think about. You need good news. Good news is this, that God is on your side. And the Bible declares, if Kadoka, I feel like jumping. If God, who is this God? The God of the heavens and the earth. If that God be for you, who in the world can Mosca. They never bond the devil. They never bond her. That's good news. Good news is that God has come at a place called Goshen for people like you, where you are preserved from the coronavirus, Lassa fever, whatever name they're called. Haven't you heard before? A thousand shall fall. Ten thousand where? That's what good news. So faith is needed. And faith comes by the word of the Lord. But listen. Oh, help me, Lord. I've got to get somewhere. You see, you see, you see, nobody 
can hear the word of God until somebody preach the word. That is how important it is for preachers to rise. Your barber may be important. Your doctor may be important. Your lawyer, your banker, your president. But I want to tell you, the most important person in your life is your preacher. Sokotopaya. You better be sure you are under an anointed preacher. Not a fable telling preacher, not a lying wonder preacher. No, sir. One who inclines his ears to what said the Lord and proclaim to you, go forward. You better have an anointed preacher as your preacher. The Baba may make a mistake. Your hair will grow again. The surgeon may make a mistake. And that thing will cover up again. But if you're under a preacher who lies, lacks the fear of the Lord, lacks no ointment, anointing on his head. Ah, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. How can one hear except a preacher preach? Are you hearing me? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. How can one preach except they what? Be sent. Oh, boy. Oh boy, oh boy, I want to bust your bubble. The people he sent are ways beyond the fivefold ministry the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor. They are gifts of God to man. We must celebrate them, Ephesians 4 11, thereabout. But you know what? Over beyond these ones being sent, I've got good news for you. According to the Great Commission mandate, everybody, every member of the body of Christ, the moment you say yes to Jesus, you open your heart to invite him to take over, automatically you are one of God's choice sent servants. Somebody shout, I am sent. You don't sound confident that you're sent. If you don't know your scent, the devil can slap you left, right, and center. But when you know your scent, you know that the caller is the back. The Bible declares in First Thessalonians 5.24 that he also who has called you, he will also do it. The sender is your back. Can you shout three times, I am sent. Once again, I am sent. For the last time, let the heavens hear. I am sent. If you're sent, why are you sitting in church? It's time to get out of church. To go into the world. To bring the lost into the church. If you're sent, you ought to be in motion. Otherwise you're refusing to obey the commander. Go, not come. Go. Every week long, you are going to your marketplace, refuse to share the love of Christ with that driver, that janitor, that colleague of yours, while you're sent. <laughs> you're the Jesus they see in the marketplace. You are called to reach out to more people than one pastor, one apostle, one teacher, one pastor, one evangelist can reach out to. Why? You are in the marketplace. Well, you're where the action is at. Where miracles flow, where somebody moves. God, 
Toka. Most of the miracles we see in the ministry of Christ were not done in the temple. Check it out. In people's homes, on safe people's homes, in, in the marketplace, on the street, Barida Capernaum and all kinds, in the where the action is, the world, the world, the world, the world. Can somebody shout, I am sent? You are authorized, you are licensed to proclaim the gospel. You are licensed. You have to, you don't need to wait for any church organization to give you a formal certificate or license. No, you are licensed from heaven. Go ye into the world. That's sending. That's commissioning. Hence, it's called the great sending. Are you going or you're sitting? Ask yourself, am I going or am I sitting? It's easy to sit in a comfortable church like this. Look at the lights. Look at the air conditioning. It is wonderful. But the only danger is, is if you eat and eat and eat and refuse to exercise, you grow fat. And people who are fat and lack exercise can become sickly by a sedentary life. One of the greatest killers of modern day people is not what they call disease, it's sedentary life. The convenience of life is killing people. From a car, air conditioned to, uh, uh, to elevator, escalator, there's no room for exercise. We call it big man, a big boy. People have become big boys to the point where it's almost time for people to feed them because they're big boys. I can't feel You're going. There's a place for exercise. You can't hear truth and not live truth and think it will work for you. No. There must be exercise. He said to the ten lepers, Go. As they went, they became cleansed. He said to the blind one, Go to the pool of Salome. As he went and washed, he came seeing. You've heard words here about go, about witness, about evangelism. And you go, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you gone? Who did you share tracks with? Have you witnessed somebody in the past two weeks about the love of Christ? Heaven is counting on you. Heaven is counting on me. To what? To witness as ambassadors of Christ. It's not the hearers only that are blessed. No, it's the doers of what they hear. It's a progression. You're sent. I'm sent. So we see here. But we are all sent as believers. The question is, what really is the good news, man of God? Fantastic. I'm glad you asked. The good news is not born in hell. Some of you got converted to born in hell. It's not good news. Do you hear me? I want to debunk your, your secret cow. So I will scare you to hell. Or I will scare you out of hell to heaven. It's not good news. The devil can scare that person back to hell. As the name indicates, the good news must be good. <laughs> so the good news places, please write down, it places an emphasis not on what you can do or are doing. Eh? The good news emphasizes what Jesus has done. My God, I feel it in my bones. It's called good tidings. Romans 6.23 says, 
For the wages of sin is death. The word wage is labor. That means your salary for working is death. And we were all working before we met Christ. We're laboring, we're working. And the, the, the wage and the reward for laboring in sin is death. But, somebody say but. I love the word but in the Bible. It's a game changer. It means that's not the end of the story. Wow. But, the gift of God is eternal life through come on talk to me beloved through through Christ Jesus our Lord oh, yeah, yeah I can I can stay here for a while number one it is not the wage that is eternal life the gift of God is what is eternal life when you sin there is a wage for sinning that is death but eternal life oh boy oh boy is not given to you as a result of your labor to change your life it's not given in response to your working it's called a gift so aside your labor in sin, there is a gift. This one you can't pay for. This one is not a wage. It's what? A gift. And because it is a gift, you can never, never afford it. People are trying to afford salvation. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I don't drink, I don't smoke. You cannot drink and not smoke and tear hell apart. Because morality is not salvation. There will be very moral people in hell. Because they think that ignorantly that God is going to pay them a reward for their labor. No. The only reward for sinning is death. But salvation is a gift. That gift does not come in response to your work. No, it comes just through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Mm -hmm. So we are saved. Please listen. Please listen. Because some of you don't know how you are saved, why you are saved, when you are saved. You say, I'm born again. <laughs> we are saved essentially by putting our faith and our trust, please listen, not in what you've done <laughs> or what you can do. Are you here? But what he has done, not will do. Finished, finished. Oh, I hope I'm getting to somebody by spirit. If you don't understand this aspect of salvation being a gift, that's why it's good news. All of your days of being born again you will end up struggling to catch up with something you can never catch up with. You know, there's some Christians who don't have joy. You know why? They're chasing, they're chasing, they're chasing trying to courage the favor of God. 
they are trying to get the attention of God by their own deeds. God is too holy. God is too what? You can't impress him by morality. The only thing that satisfied the claim of justice for sin is the lamb that hung on the cross. Nothing could satisfy that claim. The lamb. John cried, Behold the lamb. Not good hearts. Behold the lamb. One lamb that taken away the sin, not sins, the sin of the whole world. One lamb. He hung high. He spread wide. Like the lamb that was tied at the thicket on Mount Moriah. Likewise, Jesus was tied on the cross. Bible declares, Cursed is he that hangeth on the cross. The cause of humanity was placed upon him. So, what you do is to receive that finished work by faith. Are you here? This is the good news. Because what you preach many times, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. That is not good news. It's a statement of fact. It's not a lie. If you don't repent, you go to hell. It's a fact. But that's not the good news. The good news is that somebody, Katos Kataya, Somebody sent you a savior called Son that right now you can make a 180 degree turn around. You can't be too drunk for salvation. You can't be too much of a sinner for the blood. You know, we belittle the power that is in the blood. You say he has messed up too much for the blood. Ask Saul. Saul was a bad boy. As the harlot Rahab, oh come on, I can call bad boys and bad girls in the Bible. Why? The blood is powerful enough to wipe any degree of sin if, if people sincerely come to their Savior. That's good news. That's good news. Ephesians 2 8 9. For by grace, by what? Oh, come on, church, by what? This understanding will make your preaching easier. Why? The gospel must be preached for people to hear. Then faith, then they believe, then they change. But if you're not proclaiming the gospel, you create fear and anxiety and panic. And they can't believe. It's good news. It's good news. Wow. Two more scriptures. For by grace... Are you saved? Where? Through what? Come on, church. Through what? This thing, faith is powerful. Through faith. And that none of what? Come on, none of who? Okay. It is what? See the word again. It's what? The... Who pays for a gift? Nobody pays for a gift. I hear people are trying, trying, say, what are you doing? I'm trying to be good enough. I'm trying to get his favor. No. You, you, you can, no matter how much you try, I respect your efforts. But your efforts, as the Bible says, are compared to as a filthy rag. It's like a woman's, you know what I'm saying? What you saw her menses, or whatever it is, and then her mouth. That's, the, that's how the Lord compares your efforts to be right. I don't read, I don't smoke. It's okay. But in the eyes of God, it's as a filthy rag. 
You don't establish your righteousness. You believe his righteousness. Romans 10 verse 1 and 2. Hello somebody. You see, this truth will not only set you free, it will keep you free. It will make you walk like a lion in the midst of adversity. You just know that God is for you. Not because you did right. No, he loves me. Do you know he loved you when you are still in sin? Have you seen it before? Romans 5 verse 8. Whilst we were in sin, the righteous God died for the ungodly. Is that it? That's it. God commended his love towards good heart. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. In that while I was a sinner, and I can't tell you what I did as a sinner. You look at me now, he's a mighty man of God. No, no. You don't know, you don't know the stuff I did as a sinner. But while then, before I said yes at 17 to Jesus, under 17 in the ABU, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for who? Oh, come on. Come on, baby. Come, come on, church. Come on, church. Listen, the Bible says, if he died for me when I was a sinner, why do you think right now he's angry with me? Why do you think? Can I give you a final joker? Romans 8, 32, I believe it is. Can we see that now? God, thank you, spared not his own son. My God, that God. I'm giving you motivation to go out and share the good news. Don't just sit on your chair. No, you're carrying something that is lethal for the world. What you carry will change this world. It's, it's good news. It will take the sinner from the pit of hell to heaven. The sick to whole. You have it. See the good news. He that spared not his own son. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like running. But, I love that word, but. Delivered him up for what? Put your name there. He delivered him for good heart. All right, all right. How shall he not? Not aside of him, with him. Also, see that word? Free and gift, they're synonymous. Am I correct? Free be, free gift, gift free. So, he freely gives us what? No, 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 few things. The few that I can beg for. Oh, no, no, no. The much I can work for. Oh, no, no. The many I can pray for. No, no. As much as I can fast for. No, no. As much as I can cry for. He gives us. I feel like that. All things. How? Freely. Freely. And Jesus said, this is Joker now, Matthew 10 verse 8. Listen. Freely you have what? Received. Come on, Revival House of Glory International Church. Freely, you must what? Give. It's time for you to go to the highways and the byways and proclaim the good news freely with no charge whatsoever. You will pay for Bibles, you will give them out. You will send people to missions, you will go for missions. Why? Freely, oh boy, I feel this. You've received freely, you give. You will go out of your convenience to share with somebody in the bus, in the plane, because you receive freely, you give. You will be in the hospital, you will lay hand on somebody. Why? Freely, I am healed. Freely, katope, I give. Jump on your feet and thank God who gave you freely. Shatakatata. Open your mouth for one minute and thank him. Lord, I believe I receive. 
I believe I receive. This light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to be a witness, a living witness. I will proclaim the good news to all around me. I won't hold it back. I will open my mouth and declare, Jesus is the Lord. My life shall be a witness. Character will exemplify Christ. Is somebody praying now? We are praying for 30 more seconds. I will not hold back. From this week, I will go out to the highways and byways with tracts in my hand, booklets in my hand, stickers in my hand to be a witness. This week, you'll be practical about it. No, this week, don't say next week. This week, this week, determined to go out this week. Father, we thank you. Our Father, we thank you for open heavens over this service. In the remaining moments of this service, we receive more miracles, more signs and wonders. Thank you for anointing already every second of this service. Thank you for the might of heaven released over here. None shall return the same way. All shall be empowered, refreshed, reinvigorated in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic dot org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.